I'm David Webb, Director of Investment Management at JMBA Financial Advisors in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast being recorded from various locations on July 9th, 2020. For today's conversation, we will focus on financial market highlights from this past quarter. The second quarter, COVID-19 has impacted our world economy, and we'll share some perspective as we look ahead. Keep in mind that circumstances may very well have shifted by the time you listen to this. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Michael Bellotta, a senior advisor and investment strategist at JMBA, and also a leader of our investment committee who discusses daily with our team how to best position portfolios to achieve your individual financial life goals. Thanks for being a part of this conversation, Mike. Thank you, David. So these past 90 days have earned the title, the best quarter since 1998. Mike, in your view, what has contributed to this kind of activity during these unprecedented times? Yeah, that's a good question because uh, clearly this has been a year for the ages in a number of different ways. Uh, Just to start with a quote uh, from Vladimir Lenin, he stated, you know, years ago that there are decades when nothing happens and then there are years when decades happen. And it seems that that's the way 2020 has played out so far and we're only in July. Uh, So to kind of explain how we set the quarter uh, up and transitioning into second quarter, I think it makes sense just to spend a minute talking about how first quarter played out because I think that does then set the table for where we were as we transitioned from March and into April. Uh, So it kind of goes in three distinct phases. The first phase was in the January, February period when the market actually went to all time highs by February 19th, even in the midst of hearing about this kind of mysterious virus that was spreading in parts of China, started in Wuhan and so on. And, you know, people's only experience up to that point had been things like swine flu, bird flu, SARS, which all kind of raised people's alarm at one point in time. And then they quickly phased out uh, over the course of the coming months and never really became too much of an issue uh, overall for the economy like this did. And on February 11th, the World Health Organization actually dubbed the virus with its official name, COVID-19. And even after that, in the first case in Washington and President Trump banning travel with China on January 31st, the market still trudged to a new high in mid-February. So clearly at that point, the danger was not being appreciated in the financial markets. Then mid-February hit, and as, uh, as we say here, everything kind of hit the fan. Uh, we started to get stories out of China that there were runs on things like toilet paper, food, sanitizing products. As we all know, it, the, the virus was starting to rapidly spread to other countries, notably Italy, uh, who, whose virus uh, control was, was clearly not there at the time, and then more so here in the United States. That led to the World Health Organization actually dubbing it a global pandemic on March 11th. And subsequently, uh, they can track these on on internet searches and so on. The two most popular internet searches for all of March were the two words pandemic and coronavirus. So that was all culminated by a rapid 20% decline in 16 days and a 30% decline in 22 days both some of the swiftest on record and reminiscent of uh, periods in the Great Depression and even the worst of the financial crisis. This was all culminated by a 34% drop in the S&P by March 23rd, 
when the next phase starts uh, with small caps international and specifically more value-oriented companies down even a little bit more than that. Uh, it really became serious business when the administration issued a national stay-at-home order right ahead of St. Patrick's Day to hopefully try to curb the spread uh, of some of the virus and then you know again people really kind of took seriously the fact that we had a problem on our hands. To add to that a little bit, Saudi Arabia was actually playing shenanigans with the price of oil as they refused to cut production in the midst of what was a significant global slowdown. So there was actually, for one of the first times, if not the first time in history, the price of oil went negative in April on the day before delivery was to happen. So essentially, you could get paid to take oil off the hands of of the suppliers if you could find a place to put it. So that was another level of uncertainty. And as we know, the market absolutely hates uncertainty. So now as we get forward to the end of second quarter and transitioning, or excuse me, first quarter and transitioning into second quarter, on March 23rd was a key date because after interest rates had already been virtually lowered to zero, the Federal Reserve announced an aggressive program to establish variant credit facilities and four days later, President Trump signed in the $2 trillion Corona Aid Relief and Economic Securities Act, or CARES as we now know it, uh, which would help combat lost income for, for folks who were temporary furloughed or unemployed and bridges for business while the economy was essentially shut down and they had no customers. Now, most people had absolutely no idea what the federal plan was or the CARES Act was, but they remembered distinctly similar behavior taking place in 08-09, and that's what caused the rally at that point when the government basically said they were all in. So the biggest impetus in all of this in second quarter was the Fed and the Treasury, and to a certain extent Congress, but more to come on that, uh, basically came to this party with a blank checkbook and said that we're willing to support any asset price or or company potentially, or, or debt that has an issue because, and, and you have to admire this, through no fault of their own, they were stuck in a pretty dire situation. So around March 23rd, that set off the strongest 50-day rally since 1952. Uh, and, you know, as things go, a lot of the swiftest and most vicious declines are very quickly followed thereafter by the, the strongest rallies. So that led into a lot of what we saw in second quarter. Uh, as time went on in April and May, the Fed also announced it was begin, going to begin to buy actually corporate and bond ETFs for the first time, up to $500 billion in municipal bonds and ultimately even investment grade individual corporate bonds that had maturities of five years or less. So this was a very big support put under the, uh, under the financial markets and really you know, kind of encouraged additional risk taking for fear that no matter what the outcome, companies were going to get bailed out again and, and shareholders accordingly. Now, how all that played into the markets was stocks outperformed bonds clearly in second quarter. Uh, the S&P 500 outpaced treasury bonds by over 20%, which was the most since second quarter of 2009, again, in the midst of the financial crisis. However, given how first quarter transpired, treasuries are actually still the winners year to date, gaining over 21%, which is the best first half on record for treasuries going back to when they started compiling the data in 1926. As we sit here today on a year to date basis with the S&P down 3%, 
Treasuries have now outperformed stocks by about 24 or 25%, which again is reminiscent of, of various points during 2008 and 9. The NASDAQ also hit a record high on June 23rd, uh, which kind of goes against the grain and led a lot of people to start thinking, I have no idea what's going on right now because the stock market is actually completely disconnected from what's happening in the real world and the economy. And that's been a theme kind of throughout all of this. Uh, but nonetheless, what people would expect or what people think should happen is not what was actually happening. So you essentially had every asset class participating during the second quarter short of a small decline by the U.S. dollar. So very good quarter, uh, but we needed that very good quarter to combat was, uh, what was a very tough first quarter. So long kind of narrative to the, uh, to the answer, but I think all of that really help set the stage for why we were able to do what we did during the course of the quarter. Thanks, Mike. As we look out through the rest of the summer, what are the top few things the JMBA Investment Committee is paying attention to most? Yeah, that's a good question and something that gets asked quite a bit in meetings and conversation. If I had to sum it up to, to three main items, the first, and, and none of them are a big surprise, but they are going to really dictate where we head. The first one is, is obviously the path of the virus and, you know, are we able to quell some of the hot spots? Are we able to come up with a treatment uh, or a vaccine that proves effective? And are we able to get back to some sort of business as usual as the year goes on? Uh, the second one would be the election. And to date, as would be obvious, we've had other things on our mind, as I just talked about with the virus. But as time goes on here towards November, enough uh, attention will be paid back to the election and the outcome or probable outcome as we sit here today is not exactly what was assumed to be the case even a short six months ago. So what repercussions might that have? And then just to the market itself is we would really like to see some broadening leadership. And what I mean by that is there's a very, very small number of companies, even just five or six that are keeping the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ up by themselves. And if those stocks stop going up at the rate they have, or even just stop participating in the manner they have, some of the major indices could be at risk of, of kind of stalling out and even declining. So that's one of the things that we would look at going forward, you know, for a more healthy market. One thing that we fully expect is a continuation of the volatility that we experienced in the first half of the year, continuing on into the remainder of 2020. And one of the things we continue to do is review all client portfolios every 10 business days and rebalancing as appropriate to take advantage of that volatility through buying low and selling high when those opportunities present themselves. We look forward to sharing some additional investment committee perspective on the remainder of the year in the upcoming weeks. Thank you, Mike, for sharing some valuable perspective on this history-making quarter as we continue to navigate the events of this pandemic. And thank you very much for listening today. I hope you will visit jmba.com and tune into our other podcasts where we cover topics ranging from our team's approach to managing client portfolios to most recently a conversation about executive planning opportunities with employment transitions. Please know that our team is monitoring and managing through the impacts of COVID-19, working diligently on your behalf and keeping your goals and best interests front and center as new information becomes available. We will continue to share relevant information that guides our financial life planning and investment decisions. 
thank you very much for your continued trust in JMBA, not just as your financial advisor, but also as your advocate. Please reach out if you need anything at all. You can find our contact information at jmba.com. Important disclosure information. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Therefore, it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or undertaken by JMBA Financial Advisors, Inc., or any non-investment related services, will be profitable, equal any historical performance levels, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. A copy of our current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request. The scope of the services to be provided depends upon the needs of the client and the terms of the engagement. Please see important disclosure information at www.jmba.com disclosure.